Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series called Breaking Myths About God. And our text scripture is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Traditions and myths, they're handed down orally from unknown origins and authors, and they're not based on facts. We've already covered the first myth, being God is trying to teach us something through sickness, disease, bad circumstance, temptation, and tragedy. We found out that wasn't true. And the second myth we talked about was God works in mysterious ways. And we found out, no, he doesn't anymore. And we started yesterday on the third myth that says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. We got that out of Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. It says, then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. And he continues, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And verse 22 is interesting, because it says, In all this Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Well, this passage bothers me, because it didn't make sense to me that God takes back what he gives. It seemed against a few of his most fundamental laws, which say, give and you will receive, sow and you will reap. It's not give and take, it's give and receive, sow and reap, seed time and harvest. Someone who takes their gift back is not a giver. And what bothered me even more was the fact of verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. This didn't seem right to me. Why would God give Job his family only to take them back? That's the worst giver I've ever heard of. Certainly, this can't be true. And then Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And in my quest to understand Job's comment in verse 21, I decided to look into the original Hebrew word and definition for the English word that we have that says taken. And I saw the answer. This Hebrew word can be translated two ways. It can be translated to take or to receive. Well, that changes everything. Job was not saying the Lord gives and the Lord takes. He was saying the Lord gives and the Lord receives. Now, that lines up with God's laws. God did not take his family. He received them. You see, Satan caused tragedy. He brought death and disaster and took the lives of Job's family. But God, you see, I believe since God gave them, when they died, he received them back. 
the devil could not keep them. Not only that, but I believe when Job died, they were all together again. So I have my personal version of Job chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. This is how I believe it should be read. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave me my family. I know it was the devil who took them away, but I want to praise the name of the Lord because I know he has received them and that they are all right. And the last part of that verse, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? I do not believe that God takes anyone, especially little children, to be with him in heaven because he needs them more than we do. I do believe, however, that through bad circumstance, disaster, or attack of the devil, he will receive his saints and babies who have died to take care of them until we get there. This means that all the aborted children, all the babies who died in the womb or were stillborn, will be in heaven when we get there. Hallelujah. Not because God took them, but because he received them. What this tells me is Satan just can't win for nothing. Now, some might think I'm crazy, but I believe God is good and the devil is bad. Now, Finnis Jennings Dake wrote an annotated Bible and he had a great reference on this on page 420. It's called The Two Great Mistakes of Job. One, claiming the Lord has taken away, in verse 21, and questioning, shall we not receive evil? And that was out of chapter 2, verse 10. Let me read what it says. It says, Job was like many others who think that sickness, disease, calamity, and other evils come from God, and Satan has nothing to do with them. Some declare that these are the heritage of believers, and those who go through them are in the perfect will of God. It is true that Christians experience tests of faith, persecutions, injustices, and trials of life, but they're not required to suffer sickness, disease, or poverty in order to be saved and in the will of God. The tests that Joseph went through in Egypt, Stephen suffered of the Jews, and Paul experienced the beatings, buffetings, dangers, perils, slander, lies, distresses, hunger, nakedness, stonings, imprisonments, shipwrecks, and other things of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 were not the same as sickness, disease, and the curses of sin and rebellion which Christ died to free us from. Nevertheless, these also were caused by Satan and other evil men, not by God. God was not responsible for the things which caused Joseph, Stephen, and Paul to suffer. God helped them to go through the things heaped upon them by Satan and his agents. God can teach us lessons from any kind of trial, but he does not necessarily, but he does not necessarily send trials in order to teach us such lessons. A father could use the experience of his son should he break the law and suffer the penalties in jail as an occasion to teach certain lessons for the betterment of the son's future but it would be a very ungodly father who would lead him into such troubles for the particular purpose of teaching those lessons which could be taught otherwise. Thus it is with us. We do not need to experience sickness, disease, poverty, and accidents in order to learn what we should know from God. We've been given examples in the word to go by. Job, Asa, Hezekiah, and many more. One can best glorify God by learning through these and becoming an example himself one experiencing God's blessings by being kept from such troubles and sufferings. There are enough sinners and unbelievers giving us examples without Christians going through the needless sufferings. That's well written. 
and Job chapter 1, verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. So what is the myth? The myth is the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But what's the fact? No, he does not. The Lord gives and the Lord receives. Now let's think about that. If you want to give me something, I can reach out and take it. Or I can also reach out and receive it. So we can say that, yeah, the Lord took his family. But a better word to use is the Lord received Job's family. And our text scripture again, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. And this leads us into myth number four, which I call Acts of God. Wikipedia says an act of God is a legal term for events outside human control, such as sudden floods or other natural disasters, for which no one can be held responsible. Wow, this is a big one. This is where our insurance policy gets religious on us. I wonder what an atheist insurance company would call it. They certainly couldn't blame God. Maybe acts of your guess is as good as mine? <laughs> Just think, if they don't change the term, your atheist insurance company would be insuring you against God. Now that's a thought. So whenever we cannot explain what caused a storm, disaster, flood, or tornado, we decide to simply blame God. I wonder how that got started. Is it not too much to blame the weather? Oh, but then who caused the weather? But what if I don't believe in God? What if I'm an atheist? What if I'm offended that my insurance policy blames God when I don't believe in God? <laughs> I'm so glad I understand the great theological, intellectual, deep, profound, mysterious, unfathomable, philosophical, weighty, serious, heavy, discerning, scholarly, wise, informed, penetrating, shrewd, skilled, sagacious, difficult, enlightened, astute, brainy, bright, brilliant, knowledgeable, perceptive, rational, smart, well-informed, calculated, acute, exceptional, sharp, keen, and perspicacious truth, yeah, that's a word, that God is good and the devil is bad. I'm so glad I understand that deep truth. Well, maybe it's not as complicated as all those words, but does that mean I blame the devil on everything bad? No, sometimes I caused the problem all by myself. I didn't need his help at all. So how do we know when a tragedy is from Satan, God, nature, or did we do it all by ourselves? A better way to ask would be, how can we tell if a tragedy is judgment from God? Now that's what I call a straight question. For me, again, I use the filter of Christ. If I remember correctly, he came to reveal God, and if we have seen him, we have seen the Father. That's out of John chapter 14. The judgment of God and tragedy, disaster, sickness, disease, earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, floods, and so on is not a small subject. As a matter of fact, I've written a book of 375 pages titled, Will the Real God Please Stand Up? to help bring a biblical understanding on how to know the difference. I'll not be able to take... 375 pages here, but I will take some bullet points from the book to help us. For a greater study, you can purchase the book through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Here's an interesting quote I heard. If God goes around seeking whom he may devour instead of the devil, then we're worshiping the wrong one. Finnis Jennings Dake says in his Dake's Annotated Reference Bible, 
Not every accident or calamity to man can be called the judgment of God. Judgments are always sent after many acts of mercy and much long-suffering on God's part toward rebels. He judges and takes action only when it is necessary to carry out his will among men and to vindicate his righteous government on earth. When God judges, his purpose of doing so is clearly seen. There are no natural causes to which such judgments can be legally attributed as, for instance, the flood of Noah, the destruction of Sodom, the seals, trumpets, and the vials of Revelations chapter 6, 8, 9, and 16. So you see, as you study each of God's judgments, you will notice that there are two standards he always abides by. The first one is, the judgment is prophesied, and the people, both the righteous and the unrighteous, are warned in advance. And number two, he always provides a way of escape. One example we have is God's warning in advance to Pharaoh, and the way of escape for Pharaoh was simply to obey. He did not, so judgment came. Well, I don't want to stop here, but our time is up. So please return tomorrow at the same time, same place, and same channel. We'll see you then. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.